0: Where are you going with that mic in your hand? It's time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. It's a nice theory. It's a nice theory. But I have to believe that capitalism stuck its nose in there somewhere else. And I'm all for that. Please, make as much money as you can. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show here on the Rock School... Radio Network. My name is Joe Burns. You are
1: Tammy Burns. Now
0: I should tell you again that the Rock School Radio Show is being brought to you in part by the CPB, the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. Thank you, thank you, thank you. On November 16th, which is part of this week, 1938, LSG, lysergic acid dithylamide. Did I get that right?
1: Yeah, sure. absolutely.
0: Is first synthesized by Albert Hoffman from ergotamine at the Sandoz Laboratories. By the way, now Novartis in Basel, Switzerland. By the way, once uh-huh. again, it's Albert Hoffman, not Abby Hoffman, not the guy from the Chicago 7. This is a scientist, Albert Hoffman. He was looking for a way to make fungi mushrooms of course and other items more pure for pharmaceutical use as a matter of fact he was specifically looking for something to deal with migraines but still on that date november 16 1938 lsd comes into existence okay so what isn't this a music show well yes yes it is why do we care because that one drug, then along with psilocybin and along with peyote and other psychedelics, gave us an entire genre of music, which rose up in the mid-60s and died right before 70s, except maybe in the funk field because then you got things like Cloud Nine by the Temptations and such but all the acid rock and all of that stuff and hate ash and all that that rose up and was gone within four years wow but LSD went out of its way to give us an entire genre of music psychedelic and the, the idea of the show is that, well, we're going to talk about Timothy Leary, we're going to talk about LSD, we're going to talk about what psychedelic music is, and we'll start with a neat piece of trivia, which I like to do. The first band who ever sold themselves as a, quote, psychedelic band was the 13th Floor Elevators. Have you ever heard of them?
1: Oh, God, they had like one hit, didn't they?
0: And a matter of fact, I'm going to play it. And there's a lot of history in that band and such, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. We want to talk about LSD, dude, and on top of that, psychedelic music, and that's why I'm putting those two things together. It's the 13th Floor Elevators here on Rock School. LSD on the Rock School Radio show today. Not that we're on it at the moment. You're not on it at the moment, oh, are you? No. no. Was it this morning? No. I guess? See, never. I, I would never try it. And the reason I will never try it is because I am more afraid of a bad trip than I am of it doing anything good for me. That's my concern. It's like if every time you drank alcohol, you got violently ill. Oof. Except every other time, it's really great. I don't want one of the other ones. No. That's that's what scares me the most. But anyway, if you're listening to this show early in the week, now we talked about November 16th being the day that this Albert Hoffman guy created LSD. Well, 19th is the day he decided to ingest it himself. And instead of taking a microdose, because he didn't know what it really did. And right. by the way, you work in the pharmaceutical industry now. Is this common practice? No. No, you know you, you don't go into a lab no. and people are like, "Hey, don't... hey, Bob, try this blue stuff." No. Okay.
1: No. Yeah, that's rats only.
0: <laughs> well, apparently November nineteenth is the first ever on purpose LSD trip. And when you hear it being called Bicycle Day, you will understand what that means. Bicycle Day is called as such because Hoffman took so much LSD that he decided to try to get home by riding a bicycle. The problem was the earth was like falling out from under him. And here's this guy acting insane because in his mind, he was avoiding pitfalls. Uh But everyone else was like, this guy is completely bonkers the problem is they couldn't find anything to do with it pharmaceutical wise so psychiatrists began starting to do it hoffman himself said he took some of the drug just about every day for the rest of his life called it a sacred drug but could not himself find something to do with it I don't know that we have it yet today, but I did do some research, and later on in the show, I'll talk about that. Apparently, it's being used to help people who have had mental trauma. PTSD. PTSD, exactly that. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, you take two aspirin, it gets rid of your headache. You Uh take 700, you die. It's one of those things where they're trying to find out how much do you take, that it helps you the perfect threshold exactly they're looking for just that now what about music well look what a musician does and you know i'm a musician but let's be honest i'm not a stunning musician but what a musician does is constantly try to find something new You give a musician a drum, it's only a matter of time before he's like, well, what if I roll it down the stairs? (laughs) What if I throw it off a tree? What sound does it make? Right. How can we do something new? So this whole psychedelic thing, which took place mid-60s into uh, 1970, in fact, uh, we'll get into it a little bit later, apparently the festival came out of this whole lsd thing but what people were trying to do by using the drug was to open their minds was to see what they could come up with how do they get outside of themselves there's a guy named michael hicks he put out a book called 60s rock garage psychedelic and other satisfactions he said that people believed that the drug could desynchronize depersonalize and dynamize the world for you. Okay, what is that? I don't know what that means. I know. Desynchronize is losing the idea of time. There is no finite minute. Okay. No finite hour. Depersonalize, losing the complete sense of self. Apparently, it's something that people do on these trips. They leave themselves. They become a third-party witness to what they're doing outside of their person. And you gotta think to yourself, if the mind can make that up so much that you physically believe it's happening, it ain't placebo. So what do we do with that? Therein lies the question. You know what I mean? How many things in this earth have we created we wish we could uninvent, like a nuclear bomb? How do we uninvent that? But now that we got it, what do we do with it? I know what people are gonna say, blow up bad people. Okay, all right. And uh, Timothy Leary actually came up with the dynamization. He said what it is is the breaking of the rules of physics. This table is flat and it's square.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: On LSD, it would begin to bend. Right. It would begin to go against the law of physics and it would become different shapes and such. And in the point of that... Somebody was able to look inside all of these items and come up with different sounds for music, which is interesting because I have heard people say to me, I love psychedelic rock. And I've had other people say, I hate psychedelic rock. What are they trying to do here? Well, either A, give you the impression uh, that this is what it's like when you're tripping
1: Mm -hmm. or
0: Here's something to play in the background while you're tripping. Look, I've already said I won't do it. Would you ever try it? Oh, no. No? Maybe we're just fuddy-duddies. No, we're old. Yeah, that may be it.
1: I would stand up, fall down, break a hip.
0: <laughs> Would you have one of those things around your neck that said, Help, i Oh fallen yeah. and I can't get up? I'm
1: on psychedelics and I can't get up.
0: <laughs> well, you just enjoy that trip, ma'am. We'll see you in a couple hours. I mentioned earlier Cloud Nine Temptations, this group in ties and suits and beautiful and then whammo. Cloud Nine. Do you like it? Do you not? Eh, there's Temptations on Rock School.
1: I was born and
0: raised in the slum of a It was a one-room sack to slip You ain't got no responsibility I've been as long as please You're a million miles from reality Nine. You can't be what you wanna be Some of you out there may very well be asking when you're talking about psychedelic rock, it's one of those things that I don't know what it is, but when I hear it, I know it. What are you talking about? Well, there's a magazine called Psychedelic Scene Magazine. It's uh, There's another magazine that's just dedicated to pot, and I don't remember what it is, but that's what this is. It's a magazine dedicated just to this psychedelic scene, and it has listed the top 15 uh musicians groups and the top 15 songs you want to hear a few of them yeah number number 15 king gizzard and the lizard wizard i gotta believe that exists or they just made something up so that uh, everybody who's on one of these uh, items is making it up yeah i've heard them uh 14 is ty seagal never heard of him 13, Grateful Dead. Hey, I got that. Hey. Got that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. number 12, Small Faces, which becomes The Faces. Uh, number 11, Cream. Jefferson Airplane comes in at 10. By the way, speaking of Jefferson Airplane, they were invited to the White House, and apparently Grace Slick attempted to slip Richard Nixon an LSD tab. What? Can you imagine if she had succeeded? Oh. <gasps> I mean, they'd have put her in a room and thrown away the room. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Number nine, Country Joe and the Fish. Whoopee, we're all gonna die. Eric Burden and the Animals at number eight. Number seven, Brian Jonestown Massacre. You got me. You got me. Number six, Robin Hitchcock. Number five, The Doors. Number four, Jimi Hendrix Experience. See, I can see Jimi Hendrix. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is not because the music is wild and wow and out there. When I think of psychedelia, me personally, there's, of course, the stuff that just goes on, all of that, and you're supposed to go, wow, that's, that's deep. No, it's not. It sounds goofy. When you get a musician or a couple of musicians like the Beatles, that all of a sudden they're using backwards tapes and all of a sudden they're using uh, like phase and flange, which are mistakes, But they're using them as part of the music, and you think, who would think of that? Yeah. That's where I kind of go, oh, okay, I might could see it working there. Is that me being a fuddy-duddy? No. Again? Yeah. So Hendrix makes sense to me. Floyd, Pink Floyd. See, that makes sense to me once again. Uh, The Beatles? Yeah, for a time for a time and they also took eastern music and connected it with it and the number one they have right now is the flaming lips i don't dislike the flaming lips you know they're okay they're okay they're okay so what was it what was this opening what did people do that people really liked or disliked, and what have you well as i said the music became odd if you will the music wanted to get outside of these western sounds, so in comes the sitar, mm-hmm. in comes the tabla. Do you know what a tabla is? I don't. They're Tell Indian me. bongos. When you hear a sitar, you often hear that along with it. Yes. And the the idea of instead of multiple chords, you had a single droning note for example the beatles song within you without you Mm -hmm. it just is a consistent drone note it's kind of the same way that the the sitar it's kind of the same way a bagpipe works it has those three major pipes and then the one that the person plays like a flute right well those three pipes are drone pipes they just constantly play the same stuff so everything has to be in the key of those drone pipes
1: right so when you're playing
0: that sitar of course you can play it in different keys but usually what happens is there is that consistent drone note, which to Western people, that sounds weird. That sounds man. wrong, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's, uh, that's Ooh, really weird. Is that right? Yeah. Now, when you're talking about the Beatles, normally people come up with Within You, Without You. Uh, Norwegian Wood usually comes up. However, this magazine, Psychedelic Scene magazine, listed a Beatles song as the number one psychedelic song ever. What is it? Tomorrow Never Knows. Do you know it? I do. You, but you got to be a bit I of a Beatles fan to know, know it. You know it? Well, let's play it. Here you go. Tomorrow Never Knows. It's the Beatles here on Rock School. First break, I have that second list here from Psychedelic Scene magazine. Here are the top 15 songs that supposedly show the psychedelia. Now, number one, you already know, is Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. Uh, in a God of Vida by Iron Butterfly okay. comes in at 15. Mountains of the Moon by the Grateful Dead. Uh, I would have picked other ones. "Mind Gardens by the Birds. Strange Days by the Doors. That makes sense to me. Number 11, At the Mountains of Madness, H.P. Lovecraft. I don't know it. I probably should have looked it up, but I don't know it. This next one, I would fight with. I said earlier that Jimi Hendrix really is kind of the, the poster child, and the Beatles too, for what you can do with this music. You don't have to have all the tape loops and brap brap brap, brap, brap 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 and then somebody drones over top of it in some yoko ono way. If you listen to Hendrix's 1983 A Merman I Should Turn To Be. It's so weird. And wild and goofy, when in reality, if you listen to Voodoo Child, mm-hmm. it's it's a it's a good song, it's got Western in it, but look at everything that's being done. I mean, yeah, Hendrix probably had an inordinate amount of talent, but I think this this mind opening thing, you know, why don't we take the volume knob and just flip it and flip and flip it and there's this wa pedal? Well, why don't we take this problem that was created by putting microphones too far apart, called phase, mm-hmm. and let's use it for real. You know what I mean? Right. Hendrix basically didn't understand the concept of a wrong note.
1: Mm-hmm. He
0: played only a note that was to be wrestled into place or close enough that it created feeling. It was one of those where to try and copy Hendrix is an impossibility. It's from the, it's from the elbows down. So I wouldn't put something like this on there, but I would put like Voodoo Child. Uh, Bass Strings by Country Joe and the Fish. Okay, I'll buy that. Number eight, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. The Beatles, I get it. It's Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. It's supposed to mean LSD, but it blatantly doesn't. What happened was John's son came home and had a little bit of a crush. I think it was Julian. Had a little bit of a crush on a girl in his school and drew her. In the sky, sitting on a cloud, with stars all around her. Aww. So that was Lucy, in the sky, with diamonds. Aww, sweet. I, I, I get it, LSD, but damn yeah. Number seven, White Rabbit. Of course, one pill makes you nauseous. <clears throat> uh, number six, See Emily Play by Pink Floyd. I think there are better choices, but sure. Strawberry Fields, Forever. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that's the Beatles. The Red Telephone, Love... I am the walrus. Oh, the walrus for sure. You know, Semolina Belcher sitting on an Eiffel Tower. What? What? Sitting on a cornflake waiting for the day. What? (laughs) What? My White Bicycle by a band called Tomorrow. Well, you know what that is. It's the bicycle day. You know, that's the guy trying to get back to his house. Then again, number one, uh, Tomorrow Never Knows by the Beatles. Who's listening to us?
1: WHFC, Harford Community Radio.
0: Excellent. Back in a minute here on Rock School. out of the break there was a lot of research that talked about how there were beat writers and you know Bob Dylan was mixed up with a few of them and such but they were all into sort of coffee speed marijuana that kind of stuff but once it started turning over into LSD sort of a a hero if you will emerge named Timothy Leary do you know Timothy Leary
1: oh. hmm He
0: had a few catchphrases, turn on, tune in, drop out, and think for yourself, and question authority. I love that phrase, question authority, and uh, what's his name? George Carlin would say, question everything. I understand the concept, but I have students who question everything. There comes a point where you want to just yell at them, what do you want to (laughs) know? Jeez, everything gets a question. Anyway, Timothy Leary, if you know anything about LSD, his name usually pops up in all of it. Clinical psychologist at Harvard University, he founded the Harvard Psilocybin Project and revealed his experience with magic mushrooms in Mexico in 1960. Okay, fine. This was the time of Nixon, so Leary is arrested no less than 35 times. And by the way, wow, it, it, LSD in the UK and the United States becomes illegal, I think, in 66. So when these guys are taking and such, they're talking about an illegal drug, but then again, so was marijuana. Mm
1: -hmm. You know
0: what I mean? If you're not going to do this, why would you do this? So what Lear was attempting to do was find a connection in the mind by using these drugs to open the mind to things outside themselves. And that was the point, the whole idea of him being a therapist and a psychiatrist. He wanted the person who was having the mental concern to be able to see it not in their own world. Mm -hmm. How can you step out and look back and see what's going on? Because one of the things I lecture on a good bit in my journalism classes is what's known as the uh, backfire effect, where even if you provide a human being with absolutely blatant, undeniable fact that they're wrong, many people will protect their ego mm-hmm. and will say, oh, I just don't believe that. Right. And I saw that so much during COVID where somebody would say, you know, yeah, I see the WHO and I get it, the World Health Organization and, 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 and big, big, smart, really brainy people and all that. But there's a guy on YouTube that spent $750 on podcast equipment and I believe he knows the truth. <laughs> No, we don't. No, you don't. What it means is you believe he is telling you what you want to hear. Always. Yeah, and that's what concerns me. I'm I'm talking to my students lately in the management course that there are uh, online shows. Tucker Carlson is one of them. There's another one called Mr. Beast, and they have an audience. If you take literally every nighttime show on broadcast television and cable television, add them together... Those things have larger audiences. What? Eleven hundred. The last one we looked on at Mr. Beast. Hundred and eleven million people had viewed it. Wow. I mean, come on. So how long wow. before there is no news? There is. What would you like us to tell you? Mm-hmm. Oh, this? Oh, okay, good. And you go and you watch it. Mm-hmm. That's that's concerning to me. All right, let's play a song before I go farther afield in this thing. I mentioned it earlier, in fact I even sang it, so I will let Grace Slick sing it to get my version out of your head, White Rabbits, Jepson Airplane and Rock School. to the bottom of the hour. My name's Joe Burns. You are Tammy Burns. I looked at a lot of stuff by additional authors and one of the things they said, which was kind of fun, was many artists who were seen as mainstream and were clean-cut and all of that, say The Temptations or Marvin Gaye. Once this psychedelic thing hit, they seemed it as an op they saw it as an opening for themselves. So gay started doing these different music, the temptation started doing it. But what was fun is they said it went the other way around. All of these bands that were these psychedelic what have yous, it's like they got past it and straightened up like Pink Floyd. But then you started on the wall, you started to see not only, you know, all the songs coming together into this this single story, but they were more radio friendly. And all of that, and I think it. You think you see the opposite. One group went one way. One group went the other way. Let's do seven days and seventy seconds. Uh, here be the dates: November thirteenth, all the way November nineteenth. That you got Monday, Tammy. Do it.
1: November thirteenth, twenty ten. Taylor Swift sets a record for becoming the first female artist to place eleven songs on the Hot 100 at the same time.
0: November fourteenth, two thousand three. Love actually opens up in theaters. As a trope, it surrounds every story with a song.
1: November 15, 2007, the first episode of Daryl Hall's show live from Daryl Hall's house. (laughs) What?
0: That's what it's called.
1: Airs on the web.
0: Uh, November 16, 2010, for the first time, the Beatles' music is made available for digital download as iTunes adds most of the group's catalog.
1: November 17, 1998, the Offspring release Pretty fly for a white guy.
0: November 18th, 1968, group Poco changes their name from Pogo to avoid a lawsuit from the cartoon character. And then November 19th, 1979, Loverboy plays their first ever concert opening for Kiss at the Coliseum in Van Okay, we got to play something here. The Moody Blues actually recorded two songs about Timothy Leary, and I do want to talk more about Timothy Leary. Legend of a Mind is what we're going to play. The thing is, it begins, Timothy Leary's dead. No, no, no. He's outside looking in. See, that's the idea that he wanted, the psychological idea that, how can I make it so you see it the way I see it? Right. And he would use the drug to do it. I don't know if it does it, and honestly, I don't want to know about it. second was called When You're a Free Man. It's on the seventh Sojourn album, but let's play the one Legend of a Mine. If you know the Moody Blues, I'll bet you do know this one here on Rock School. Timothy
1: Lear is dead. No, 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 he's outside.
0: second break let me talk a little bit more about timothy leary uh if you're an academic what you might know by timothy leary is the concord prison experiments what he did was take a prison in concord massachusetts and 35 inmates gave some of them the drug gave some of them not the drug and claimed that the drugs had made it so only 20 percent of them went back to crime the average is 60. Recidivism is what it's called. He mm-hmm. uh, it says here he said that he did the same stuff with multiple alcoholics, uh, which, by the way, I'm hearing is being done today. According to him, every time, excellent results. He did the prison experiment multiple more times. And again, always perfect results. And this is what you and I spoke about the other night when you talk about alternative medicine. And you hear about somebody saying, I had stage four cancer, but I ate kale and now I no longer have stage four cancer. I'm having a hard time buying it because if it was true, it would be the medical breakthrough of the world. When you hear about somebody going into a church and they pray over the person and their stage four liver cancer is gone. I I have a hard time buying it. That may upset people, but again, it would prove the existence of God. And furthermore, it would be the greatest medical breakthrough ever. All you do is pray, and it would go away. What if they're just not letting you know? I don't know. This has happened. You just
1: don't know about it.
0: I, 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 I don't know.
1: Na, 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 na.
0: Apparently, is it true that Timothy Leary had all this success? Uh, maybe, but doubt it. Uh, a lot of people said he was doing what was known as the halo effect, meaning results were skewed to fit with the researcher once. And there's Mm -hmm. some very famous uh, examples of this. The guy that put out the fake uh, autism thing that said that vaccines cause autism. Right. No, he cherry-picked it. The the, uh, American food pyramid Mm -hmm. is wrong. It's because somebody cherry-picked their data and said, we need to stop eating fats and all that kind of start eating more breads. And now we're kind of figuring out... The breads are what turns to sugar, and that's what's bad for us.
1: 20 years later.
0: Yeah, more than that. Turn that that
1: upside down.
0: He, uh, he, Leary, was fired from Harvard two years later. He was untenured, so they could get rid of him. Then he was interviewed by Playboy magazine, and he said LSD could cure homosexuality. The problem is what that does is it says homosexuality is a disease, and you can't cure it if it's not a disease, and it made people go, bruh. Interestingly enough, do you remember the bed-in that Yoko Ono and John yes. Lennon had? Yes, Leary was there, and Leary decided to campaign for some political stuff, and John Lennon wrote him a song called Come Together, a campaign song, not the come together that you're thinking of. In 69, pardon me, 96, I got those backwards, in 96, Leary dies in his ashes, are sent into space six years later they burnt up by falling into the atmosphere (laughs) and that's Ah. that who's listening to us oh
1: that would be kvca conway arkansas the bear
0: excellent back in a minute here on rock school out of the break i mentioned earlier that a lot of people believe that the psychedelic time and the use of lsd is what brought us the rock festival okay this might be overstating it it might be stretching it however some people say that so how do we get there apparently all these festivals started with the human being have you ever heard of it No? Yes. Have you really? No. The human being, get it, being? I know. It was held in San Francisco's Golden Gate Polo Park Fields, January 14th, 1967. This is what people call the golden age of these festivals. It all culminates with Woodstock. And at Woodstock, all the psychedelic bands are playing there. So all those festivals in the 1960s started with this idea of using LSD and coming together. It's a nice theory. It's a nice theory. But I have to believe that capitalism stuck its nose in there somewhere else. And I'm all for that. Please make as much money as you can. But I don't think the whole point was to tune in, drop out, and all that kind of stuff. Because even the most LSD-ish of us when they got to Woodstock expected to be paid one of the Woodstock guys actually had to get a bank manager in the little town up and get all the money out so he could pay a lot of the bands in cash because once the gates crashed right a lot of people didn't think they were going to get paid so these guys had to go out of their way to get cash to do it at Woodstock and I get it that's LSD ish or not sounds more capitalistic to me (laughs) most claim the psychedelia died except for funk for some reason cloud nine uh parliament funkadelic things like that for some reason a lot of the more popular stuff outside of the funk genre dies with the altamont festival and the fact that lsd was proclaimed illegal in the u.s and the uk so that's a nice theory do you buy it Yes. Okay, I'll bring it up at parties just to have a little bit of fun with it. Got to play something. How about this from Pink Floyd? See Emily plays Here on Rockstar. Emily tried. Okay, coming into the last break, what are they doing with LSD today? And it's not just LSD. LSD is a a catch-all. There's peyote and psilocybin mushrooms and multiple stuff. But LSD is just sort of a, a handhold of all of these things. Apparently, it's being used in a, quote, safe therapeutic setting and seems to have positive results, treating depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, and reducing anxiety in patients with a life-threatening disease. I believe it. Do you really? Yeah. Yeah. It's the all the idea of how do we use it, how That's much, right. how often, that kind of stuff. Uh, it says here that depression, PTSD again, drug dependency, uh, the role of LSD in improving mental health is linked to a weakening or disillusion of the ego helping individuals to see the bigger picture beyond their personal problems. Let's say you were hellaciously depressed over something. And I don't mean I feel sad. I mean depressed. Mm -hmm. Would you try it? Absolutely. You really would? Oh, yeah. Alcoholism. Uh, Some major, major trials of 536 participants in six trials, 59% of people receiving LSD reported lower or no alcohol misuse at all, compared to thirty-eight percent of people who received a placebo. I would do it. You would try it. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Because
1: it's it's like uh, you do it a couple of times and you're done. Yeah. It's not like you're doing LSD the rest of your life. You're using it as for therapy at that moment
0: well, to get over. Therein lies the concern to me with alcoholism. If you are addictive to something,
1: mm-hmm.
0: why why would you not then become addicted to the LSD?
1: Because it's under a controlled situation.
0: Yeah, but you could go get it. You could go get it. Uh, yeah. I
1: don't, I, well, maybe the guy says, hey, when you're when you're uh, under his spell, he says, hey, don't go get L- LSD either, right?
0: I, I don't know. Is it the same as hypnotism where you can come up with a word like I, I, and you. You would hope. Yeah, and you start barking like a dog. I, I don't know. I just, some of this stuff, I mean, you, you don't want a human being to just white knuckle it but is this what we want? I'm not a doctor. Well, I am a doctor, but well, I'm not that one. kind of doctor. I play one in the classroom. All right, we got to stop. We got to play a song. Sometimes at the end of the show, I have too much time left over and I'm like, I got to play two or three songs. <sighs> I'm going to finish with Inagata Davida." De Vida. It is the 700 minute version, so it'll get cut off. But not for a while. I'm Joe Burns. I'm Tammy Burns. Excellent. Next week is our yearly Thanksgiving show. We were thinking about doing two a year, but there's only one Thanksgiving. So it's a yearly Thanksgiving show, and we'll see you then. Classes dismissed. do you know that I love you in a car.